people ask me about your program all the time. And I say, listen, supervised CPA is great. Like it helped me pass the CPA exam also with the study group. But like these people need all of your advice, all of your information. And I think having that is so underrated. Welcome to episode 52 of the CPA exam experience podcast from Superfast CPA. I'm Nate, and in today's episode, you're going to hear me speak with Morgan. So in Morgan's story, again, it's another interview where we will just kind of hit on all parts of the study process. So it'll be a very helpful episode overall, but a few specific things that she talks through that I think you'll find really helpful is she's another person who kind of went through a several year period where she would get all geared up mentally view the study process is like, okay, when this starts, this is going to be my entire life outside of work. And so it was just this big mental hurdle. And she would start the study process, put in all this time and effort. And so kind of, you know, that cycle, which is very common. One of the really helpful things is her describing how she made the breakthrough to simplify the study process and not view it as this huge ordeal that had to take up every spare minute of her life outside of work and how that started actually working for. And so the details of that. And then the other thing would be, she mentions in one part of the interview where in the beginning she was taking so many notes that she was essentially rewriting the textbook. And a few weeks into that realized I can't keep going like this. It takes so much time and I don't, I don't feel like it's really working or paying off for how much work it is. And again, how she simplified her note-taking approach, because everybody does need some form of writing things out or putting things in their own words, the things that you personally struggle with. So she just talks about that process and how she realized she was putting in too much work taking notes, and then she'll describe what the process looked like after that and how it was much more effective. So again, we touch on all parts of the study process in this interview. I think you'll find this very helpful. Before we jump into the interview, I just want to mention if this is the first time or the first thing you've come across from Superfast CPA, or if you still have not taken the time to watch one of our free one-hour training webinars, that is where we will walk you through for free our study techniques, which are very different than the traditional approach of trying to watch every video lecture, read every chapter, and then go through the practice problems. So if you've listened to any of these other episodes, almost every person mentions that's where they started with Superfast CPA, and that was kind of the beginning of their big turnaround in simplifying their study process while making it much more effective. So these are free one-hour trainings. You can sign up for one of these sessions by going to our homepage at superfastcpa.com. It's the main thing at the top of the homepage, and then choosing an upcoming time that will work for you where you can pay attention, just watch the training, from start to finish for the hour, and then do not miss the session that you signed up for. It is literally investing one hour of your time that will save you months and months of time and frustration. So with that being said, let's get into this interview with Morgan. For about a year and a half until I transferred to a SUNY school up in Plattsburgh, almost in Canada. Mm. Then I graduated there with my triple degree so that I could get to the 150. And then I ended up about 139. After that, I moved to Long Island and stayed there for a few years. And me and my partner just moved to Brooklyn. 
So I'm at Brooklyn College right now, finishing the last few credits that I need for the CPA. Nice. Yeah, it's been a wild ride. (laughs) But you're done with the four exams? Yeah. So you were able to sit for them and everything before having the 150, just as long as you were like working on it. Is that how it is? Yep. I was able to sit for the exams with the 120 sit rule in New York state. And as long as I had certain credits, I believe there were 26 in New York and I did an accounting major. So I had those credits that I could sit. And then I was told when NASBA evaluated my education that afterwards, after I passed the exams, I would just have to take 11 credits to get to the 150 and they can be in anything I wanted. Yeah, that's nice. So right now I'm taking a music class, I'm taking an arts class and I'm taking a kinesiology class because I also have a yoga business. So it was Mm. helping with that as well. That's cool. So your four-year study nightmare, tell me about that. That was insanity. So I started studying for the CPA in February, 2017. I was working with a private CPA at the time and they were encouraging and great, but I was not prepared for what I was getting myself into. I was about a year and a half out of college and I needed some time to you know, get money for the study materials, for taking the CPA exam. Mm-hmm. And I just needed some time. So it took me a little longer. And by the time I was ready to start, I was working in tax preparation and I thought, okay, let me start with Greg. And that was one of the hardest ones for me to pass. I tried it like four or five times in a row and I just could not seem to pass it. And I mean, I was getting low scores like in the forties and fifties when I started. So I was like, how am I ever going to pass these if I can't get through something that I'm actually working in? (laughs) Then from there, I just, you know, put my nose to the grindstone and just hammered away at multiple choice questions, mostly with your mobile app, especially when I was on the go. So there was about four years though, that you were what, trying to take the exams on and off and you just kind of come back to it periodically or Yeah, it was a four-year period. I studied consistently. In some years, I just didn't really study as seriously as I could have, especially in the beginning. Yeah. So I started February of 17 and I finished January of 2021. That's when I finally found out my last exam. I took it the day after Christmas and I was so ready to just have it over with. Nice. Yeah. Do you remember what the first thing you saw from us was that like, did you end up watching or attending one of those free one hour trainings? Honestly, I think it was some kind of Facebook or Instagram ad, but it came up in one of my feeds when I was mindlessly scrolling through social media one day. <laughs> yeah, And I said, Oh, super fast CPA. Let's see what's going on there. And I saw one of your webinars and it got me very intrigued as to the study process and how I could become a super fast CPA. <laughs> okay. Cause usually with our customers, like one of two things happens, you know, they'll get our package and they'll watch those strategy videos and they'll start studying that way. In addition to using the study tools, like on their phone throughout the day, or they just keep studying with their review course, how they were before. And then they just adopt the idea of using our study tools throughout the day. Did you go in and watch those strategy videos and change how you studied in general? I did, but I changed it different ways throughout my process. So I found your Superfast CPA probably around year two. And at that point, I started studying really early in the morning. And it wasn't until about year like three and a half that I started doing the repetitive 
like multiple choice questions, like the five little quizzes that you do. Yeah. I started doing those every hour around the time I started passing. Okay. So that was extremely helpful. The mobile app I used every single day, probably about 10 times a day. And I would come up with a cumulative multiple choice, like answer key almost every Mm -hmm. day and see, okay, how, what was my grade score today out of a hundred questions out of 50 questions, depending on how many I did throughout the day. But yeah, I changed it. And towards the very end on my last exam, I did my study sessions in the morning to two and a half hours. And I did the multiple choice questions throughout the day. And that seemed to get me over the hurdle. Nice. And what about before, like before you were doing the two hour morning session and then like the mini sessions throughout the day with the app, what did a day of studying look like when you were kind of just struggling with the study process? I would say that, I mean, I've always been an early bird, so I always studied early in the morning, but it wasn't until I found your course that I started actually taking that effective study time. And I would spend three, sometimes four hours in the morning before work. I would skip my workouts and just basically drill my study material. And I would watch lectures. I would be taking my own notes over and over again. And it didn't really sink in until I was actually doing the multiple choice questions and doing things that I would be actually doing on exam day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I almost hate saying it that way because it sounds so obvious. But then again, that's not what most people end up spending most of their study time doing. But yeah, when you uh, spend most of your time doing what you'll be doing on test day, it's just a very different thing. You start to understand the material in the context of like how you're going to see it on test day. Whereas studying primarily from the lecture in that format, it's not in question, you know, format. It's totally different. Right. And even I would skip the simulations because I said, well, when I get through all the material is when I will do the simulations because that's the time I'm going to understand it the best. But it just so happened that actually going through the simulations helped me understand the material better instead of the opposite way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it helps me like relate to what I was exactly going to be doing on test day. Okay. So in your own words, once it clicked for you to use the like the MCQs as like a learning tool, and you're kind of breaking them apart. How would you describe how you did that? Like if you were going to learn a lesson primarily by jumping into the MCQs, how did you go through it and and break that down? So I always did the MCQs first before reading anything, before I guess doing any other practice. I went into the MCQs and I said, okay, this is generally the type of information that I'm going to be asked. So this is the type of information that I should focus on when I'm actually reading the chapter. And from that point on, I got more specific as to what I really need to pay attention to in the reading material because it's so broad and sometimes you can get lost in it. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize that when I first started studying, but I was reading everything and thinking, how am I going to memorize everything? But what you really need to do is focus on what kinds of things they're going to be asking you, focus on what exactly they're asking you in the multiple choice questions and doing them first really helped me narrow down what specifically I needed to focus on when I actually go through the readings and learn about these materials. Yeah, that's a perfect explanation. And we say this in those one hour trainings, just to kind of illustrate what you just said. You know, you can read the whole or watch the whole video lecture for a lesson, read the whole chapter. But if you go through the practice questions, you'll see that they really only ask about the same like three to four key things 
Yeah, which is basically what you just described. So it is, it's going kind of doing it backwards, gives you just much better context about what you actually need from the video or the text. Absolutely. 110%. Okay. You mentioned you would take notes. Did you keep doing that? Did you use flashcards or for things that you really, when you came to a topic that was just hard for you to understand for some reason, did you have some process of writing it in your own words or taking notes? Just what did you do in that aspect? If I had trouble understanding something, I, in the beginning, what I would do is rewrite my notes over and over and over again. And even though it helped sink in the information, it was really time consuming and got to the point where my hands would cramp and I wouldn't reread my notes because there were just so many of them. So I started making flashcards and this was around year two when probably around the time when I found your study material and I started making flashcards and I made way too many flashcards, which also was time consuming and not effective. I didn't, it didn't really help that much. I wasn't using them as often as I would have liked. So I took your suggestion and I did Quizlet. Quizlet was really helpful. And I was able to input the information quickly, able to go through a multiple choice, almost like in your app, but for my phone with Quizlet Mm -hmm. and it supplemented things a lot easier. So when I had trouble understanding something, I would use Quizlet towards the end and also color code all of my notes so that I would be able to refer to something that was really important or like in a table, I would organize information in a visual way. Yeah. I would take those and then I would do multiple choice questions based off of specific information. And if I didn't understand something, go back to a specific color that I could reference in my notes. Nice. So before, when you said you did too many flashcards, were you writing those out by hand before you started using Quizlet? Yes, I was. Yeah. And I ended up with a stack (laughs) and not even for every review, I ended up with a stack for just one section of the exam. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's the thing. Taking your own notes or flashcards is like a double-edged sword. When a topic's new to you, it all seems new. So you feel like you need a flashcard for everything. So you probably saw this in our, in the strategy videos, the best time to make flashcards is when you're doing your daily sets of like your daily review Tesla thing. Mm -hmm. Because when, as you keep seeing topics, you want to make flashcards about things that you keep missing because a lot of it's going to sink in over time and then it's just not that difficult and you know it. So anyways, I don't know if you kind of, if that's how you started doing it or. It is. Yeah. That's exactly what happened. Cause in the beginning I was just going through my readings and then taking note cards and making flashcards for everything that I thought I would need to refer to later on. But mm-hmm. towards the end, I would use it during my mini quizzes. And I would say, okay, I'm having trouble with this topic. Let's do a flashcard for this so that I can refer to it later in an easier manner. And not even a physical flashcard. It was with Quizlet. Yeah. I just think it's i I'm a big advocate of the digital flashcards. Cause like you said, they're just, you keep a window open when you're doing your main studying, make flashcards in a new tab or in that tab. And then they're just on your phone at all times right? that you can review. And for me, I traveled a lot for my work. COVID aside, I was always on the go. Mm -hmm. So having stuff on my phone was really important for me. Yeah. So you said you listened to the audio notes as well? Oh, yes. Like I said, I was in the car. I traveled a lot. I listened to audio notes. I basically replaced it with my music. Yeah. It was like every time I was in the car, I listened to the audio notes. And 
it reinforced whatever I was doing that morning. Yeah. Because most of the time I would do my study session, go to work or travel to the client and then come home afterwards. And all the time I was in the car, audio notes were playing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's not the funnest thing to think about. Like, okay, until I pass these exams, every time I'm in the car, I'm going to be listening to CPA review, but it's also, you might as well type thing, just do anything you can to make sure you get a passing score, you know? Absolutely. And at that point in my life, I was ready to be done and over with, because as much as I like hearing your voice, Nate, for four years (laughs) or the two years afterwards, it was a lot. Yeah. So um, there were times when I would pass a CPA exam and then, or better yet, I would go to Prometric and then on my way home, I would just jam out to a playlist that I haven't had a chance to listen to (laughs) in a long time. Mm -hmm. And that was the only time I would be able to listen to my music was right after I studied and sat for a CPA exam. But other than that, for about two years, all I would listen to was the study notes. Oh, man. Well, sorry. (laughs) Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, because I had audio notes. Now I listen to the podcast. Yeah. (laughs) That's one funny thing. People have told me even after they've passed, they'll still like listen to new episodes. Just do you do that? Absolutely. If nothing else, it's motivation. Yeah. It keeps me encouraged because I also joined a study group during this whole process and they are still going through things. People ask me about your program all the time. And I say, listen, Nate's great. Super fast CPA is great. Like it helped me pass the CPA exam also with the study group. But like these people need all of your advice, all of your information. And I think having that is so underrated, Mm -hmm. even if it's just the study notes or it's just the mobile app or it's just somebody else's paraphrased notes, like having another perspective is definitely unparalleled advice. Yeah. And that happens. This CPA study process is just kind of unique because you don't realize it, but in college, you're just kind of like led down the path through the semester by the professor, you know, Mm -hmm. the lessons are planned out for you. It's kind of like, you're kind of being dragged through it. And, uh, with the CPA study process, it's just so big, so vast, and people just start putting in time, but there's a million ways of doing it. And a lot of the ways are not effective. So yeah, just having a kind of a proven thing to follow, you know, helps people get to a point where they're understanding what's actually working for them. And from there, you can kind of customize how you like to do certain things. Anyways. I almost feel like you have to customize. Yeah. Because if you just take somebody else's advice blankly, it may not work for you entirely. Mm -hmm. You have to really understand how you study and what works for you in order to get your study process down so that you retain information on test day. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter if you retain information on the practice test. It matters if you go into Prometric and retain it at that point. Right. So I was going to ask this. You basically described it, but comparing your first year of studying by the time you had like two or three sections passed and you had your study process just figured out, what did a day of studying look like at that point? I mean, you kind of mentioned the two hours in the morning, you went through questions first. Again, just when you had it really dialed in, what were like the top three things that really worked for you on a daily basis? Well, the study group for one, they kept me accountable. So in the mornings, I would usually log in at about 5.30, 6 o'clock in the morning. I would go on a Zoom meeting with my study group and nobody would talk. Some people would be on camera, some people would not. And we would just, you know, say, hello, good morning, I'm here and get right into our studying. 
Oh, so if this is a uh, just kind of like an accountability thing where you're just you're part of it. And so the idea is you just all get on Zoom at a certain time just so that it's just like, OK, I'm here. I'm like on the clock to study type thing. Is that the idea of it? It was a combination. So this study yeah. group had both. It was self-study, which is what I was describing in the morning. And then we also had study sessions where we would go through multiple choice or simulation questions together as a group and talk about it. Okay. But what I'm describing in the mornings, I mean, it's five or six in the morning. Nobody wants to go through a simulation at five or six in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we would do self-study really early. And there was specific people that I knew if they weren't there, I would say, hey, are you getting up this morning? And sometimes I would receive those texts if I slept in. And it was just really helpful to have other people hold me accountable and hold other people accountable so that we would all stay on the same track. We all had goals to meet. And let me tell you, that really pushed me over the hump. Yeah. And I didn't start passing these exams until about three and a half years in. I passed all of these within about a six month, seven month period because of the study group and because of consistently using your materials. So mm. Yeah, that's what my study routine would look like in the morning. I would sit down, sign in with my Zoom study group. We would do multiple choice questions. Based off of that, I would go and read the passages that I needed to refer to my notes and probably do either more multiple choice or a simulation, depending on what my main study materials had me doing that day. Yeah. And then weekends, did that look any different or you just tried to fit in an another session? Did you go longer? What did you do on weekends? On the weekends, I did pretty much the same thing. I would still wake up consistently at five or six in the morning. And sometimes it would be different people in the study group at that time. But five or six in the morning, I would do my main study session on Saturdays. Sundays looked a little bit different. It was kind of like my break day. Mm -hmm. But main study session in the morning. And then throughout the day, at least once every hour, I would do five multiple choice questions. And compile my answer key for the end of the day, I would see like a score out of 50, a score out of 100 and go from there, see what topics I was doing okay on, what topics I was not doing okay on, and then plan my study session for the next day. Sundays were a little bit different. So Sundays, I usually pushed it until about eight or nine o'clock in the morning. And then I would do about an hour instead of a full two or two and a half hours. And I would leave the multiple choice questions to maybe like half of the amount I would do throughout the week, but I would still do something. I didn't mm -hmm. like leaving a, a day in between because in the past I would leave weeks in between and it just yeah. was not working for me. The retention was not there. Come test day. I said, I worked on this maybe twice throughout my review and I don't remember it. So I didn't want to be in that situation again where I wasn't retaining information because there was too much information. So repetitive was very key for me. Yeah. I mean, it just makes sense too, right? Like you're covering literally hundreds of topics. If you don't look back on anything as you go, you obviously will just forget huge portions. And so part of your day should just be constantly rehitting everything. And it just, it works. I mean, obviously that's going to be effective if you're constantly rehitting everything. Definitely. What was your final review? Like how long did you leave for whatever you call a final review? And, and how did you do the whole thing? How did a final review work for you? So it depended on the exam. For BEC, some people say it was a little bit easier, but for me, BEC was the hardest one. So I left a solid 10 days for final review for BEC, even though some people would say, oh, you only need like a few days, you only need like a week, but I needed 
10 days. It was the material that I hadn't studied the most out of all of them. So because in general, I took each exam at least four times, just to put that in perspective. Yeah. So VEC, I took four times. The rest of them, I took five or six times. And I left about 10 days. I would do the same thing that I was doing on a regular basis in the week. And then on the weekends, I would take about six hours and do full sets of 30 multiple choice questions, then do three or four simulations, see how I did, assess what I did, and then maybe do it again. Maybe do it a little less, maybe 20 multiple choice questions instead of 30, maybe two sims instead of three or four. Nice. And I'm assuming you probably spent some time going back to specific lessons, but in general, you kind of stuck to the cumulative multiple choice and then some random practice sims and then just doing that over and over. Right. Because at that point I had been through these materials several times. Like I said, I took these about four or five times, sometimes six times each. Yeah. So by the time I started passing exams, I had seen this material six times over. Mm-hmm. So doing the repetitive stuff was really helpful. They were all retakes. Yeah. I had to repeat stuff or I would forget it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what about test day? I, so I think one of the big benefits of doing so many multiple choice questions, especially sets of 30, like every day, ideally, it just takes care of a lot of issues for test day. The, the multiple choice, you're just going to be so familiar with them that you kind of go through them fairly easily on test day. So you know, you're not left with just an hour for all your sims. So on the times where you pass the, the sections, how did test day go? Like when were you getting done with multiple choice, you know, as far as like the four hour timeline um, and just how did you feel? I had a really big time issue. I was losing time on a lot of my exams and the last five exams are the ones that I passed, except one was BEC. So on that one exam, I ran out of time entirely. I missed a couple of the written communications because I just, I didn't have time. Yeah. And at the end of it, I realized that I was taking too much time on the multiple choice questions. And even during my study sessions, like sometimes I would time myself and I realized I was taking way too long. And during the exam, I tried to do my best to do like a minute and 15 seconds per question, but sometimes it just didn't work out that way. Mm Mm-hmm. So on the exams that I failed, I probably used about half of the time on multiple choice questions. And I said, this isn't working for me. I'm I'm losing too much time on The Sims and it just wasn't working. So I tried to get to about an hour and a half on the multiple choice on the first two testlets. Then towards the end, I would leave as much time as possible for The Sims. But time management, man, this test tests your time management skills to a T. Yeah. Cause the, and the other thing is like, you don't know the Sims take a lot of time, especially the ones with, you know, multiple source documents you have to like take notes on and figure out what's even going on. Yeah. With audit, that was a really big one. There were a lot of documents in my audit exams always. Yeah. It's critical. I like at least a bare minimum, you have to be done at least at the halfway mark. But like you said, ideally it's even more than that, right around 90 minutes. Yeah, because like I said, when I went to the halfway mark with just multiple choice, I did not have enough time to look through all of the information that I needed for audit exhibits. Mm -hmm. I didn't have enough time to actually calculate some of the FAR calculations that I needed. I didn't have time to look up something in the literature that could have really helped me. 
So did you go back specifically once you kind of realized that? And would you try to like really time yourself day to day as you did sets of 30 to get faster? Or how did you force yourself to get faster on test day for the sections you started passing? I practiced more. Yeah. And eventually I started understanding what was being asked of me more because sometimes I realized I was taking too long on these questions because I didn't understand what was being asked. So once I started understanding specifically what the format was of these questions and how they asked these questions, I got so much faster. Yep. That's makes sense. So, yeah. So after something like that, where, you know, you really struggled the first two years or whatever, and it was this long process, how did you celebrate when you got your fourth passing score? I mean, how big of a relief was that? It was incredibly relieving. (laughs) I can't even explain to you. It was I was in denial for a minute (laughs) (laughs) and my partner was taking a video of me at the time. And I look back on that video and I say, I should be more excited because it looks like I'm not really excited because I didn't really believe it. Yeah. And then after he turned off the video and everything, I was crying and I went to sleep thinking, wow, I'm going to be a CPA soon. And we popped a bottle of champagne and we celebrated at home. Nice. COVID, of course, but I am planning on having a CPA party for my family. We just moved to a really awesome building in Brooklyn. So we have like a whole rooftop and basement area with a pool table and whole nine yards. So we're going to have a party, hopefully masks off in August. And nice. yeah, my whole family is going to come from Georgia and Florida and all over the place. And hopefully that'll be the big celebration. That's awesome. Well, yeah, good for you. And I'm, yeah, congrats on being done. Thank you. Thank you so much. (laughs) Couldn't have done it without you. Yeah, that's good to hear. I'm glad our stuff could help. Oh, I forgot to ask my last question. Even if it's stuff we already covered, what would you say your top two or three tips for people are that are still trying to figure this out? I would say find the best time for you. Find the best time for you, whether it's in the morning, whether it's lunchtime, whether it's in the middle of the day. Find the best time where you retain information the best and stick with it. Be consistent. Definitely be consistent. And the other thing would be, I would say, do the multiple choice questions as much as possible because not only will they help you understand the material better and what's being asked of you, but they will also bleed into some smaller parts on the simulations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So really drill multiple choice questions as best as you can. And even if you feel like you're failing all of them, read the explanations, find out what is being asked, maybe figure out what exactly it is about the multiple choice questions that can help you with all other parts of the exams, because it's all interrelated. Right. Yeah. Those are good tips. Okay. Well, again, I appreciate you doing this. People find these really valuable. Like you said, it's like a motivation, but also it helps people fill in strategies or maybe something they're just missing that they hadn't thought of just to hear a wide range of people's experiences. So Well, I appreciate it. And again, thank you for creating such an amazing supplementary review. Yep. All right, Morgan. Well, it was great to meet you and yeah, good luck with everything. Hope you enjoy your huge CPA party. Thank you. (laughs) All right. Okay. See ya. So that was the interview with Morgan. I'm sure you found that very helpful. And if you did, I would just ask two things, mostly that you share this with someone else that is also working on their CPA exams because I maintain this is the most helpful resource available anywhere online for people that are trying to improve their own study process. 
There are so many people out there that are just putting in a lot of time and effort and whatever you want to call it, you know, making a few of the mistakes that most people make without realizing it or just missing a few of the right small changes that would just completely turn around their study process. And these interviews can just really help people identify those things in their own process, how to either stop making some of the common mistakes or add these little tweaks and improvements that would just yield way better results from just tiny changes in how they do things each day. So share it with someone else, share the podcast with someone else who's working on their exams. And then if you have time, it would be great if you could find the episode or the podcast in your podcast app, leave a rating and review. So thank you for listening and we'll see you on the next episode.